Welcome to the Beach Catholic Podcast. We've got a great show for you today. Uh, today we're going to ha- be having a discussion revolved around, uh, as Catholics, one of our favorite times of the year, Advent, and of course leading up to Christmas. As usual, I've got Father Brian Barr with me. How are you, Father? I'm good, Lorenz. How you doing? Doing well, and now uh, we've got a special guest. He's been on the podcast before. Uh, we've got Father James Hansen with us as well. How are you, Father James? It's uh, I'm doing well, Lorenzo. I wish uh, the pastor here would have a little bit of a different setup with the mic system, or we're a little, uh, you know, it's a tight spot. But it's always good to be with you, and uh, and I'm happy to be down in Long Beach. Well, that they always say you got to find ways to get closer to your pastor. So uh, you know, this is just one of those other <laughs> yeah. things. Um, so, yeah. fellas, I, I know uh, you know as priests. Uh, how busy you guys are during this season. So uh, it's always madness, but um, it's madness on our part too, as parishioners and as Catholics. Sure. Uh, but a lot of times we get involved, way too involved with the shopping and, you know, engulfed in all the gifts and putting up the tree and hanging up the lights and get getting frustrated hanging up the lights and uh, all of the above. Um, so I- I'm just going to kick it to you guys first, you know, as Catholics from – you know, from a holy perspective, how should we be preparing in in Advent? You know, I, I think uh, <clears throat> I hate to sort of talk about like surrendering um, certain things. Like, you know, there's a lot of things like, in this culture, pretty secular culture that we're living in. Um, I think, you know, we're always uh, challenging each other and we're preaching about the, the need to kind of resist secular influence and um, kind of push back against this sort of encroaching, you know, secular thing that just seems to, whatever, each each year you see it kind of expressed in, in more uh, troubling ways. So anyway, I think it's kind of a, our, our instinct here is always to be like, don't give up, don't surrender, kind of push back. And hey, I mean, that should be, we should be about that, no question. However, I don't know, I think in, in some respects, like, it just seems pretty, it seems pretty, really challenged, pretty tough to say that, like, we're not going to be focusing on Christmas in these, in these weeks of Advent. I think we should try to focus on Advent. You know, we shouldn't be thinking about Christmas the day after Thanksgiving, even though everywhere you go, we're kind of being told to do that. So it's a little bit of a, I don't know, part of me is like, it's kind of, it is what it is, and it's just, it's sort of like this tidal wave of, you know, Christmas being, you know, pushed at us sooner than it should be. But I don't know. I don't know. I, and on one level, it's, I think it's hard to kind of escape it. But I think maybe despite that fact, find ways of just remaining, trying to just remaining focused and, and prayerful and giving some thought to, you know, what the season is really about. You know, we, down here at St. Mary's, we... Uh, kind of promoting a uh, sort of an online Advent prep uh, opportunity where you, you, you register through a Dynamic Catholic, which is a great group. They just, uh, some real uh, kind of contemporary... Best, best Advent ever, is that what yeah, you mean? Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, you, you register online and each day you get a message. I think you get like a little video with a, with a kind of a challenge. So, you know, whatever it is, it's on your way to work, you do it in the morning, you do it when you come home from school or work. So, you know, there's still ways, despite kind of this avalanche of Christmas stuff sooner than it should be, 
I still think there's ways of 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 kind of kind of pushing back or holding it back a little bit. Um, that would be a, a quick example, you know, a practical example. I went to the mall today for the first time in like four four or five years. It's an interesting experience. Um, my family and I are participating in. It's kind of like a charity event where you gotta like you gotta dress up or something, and uh, we're going with the reindeer theme. So we were looking for like crazy sweaters and stuff today, and it was interesting to to be in the mall and to be shopping. And uh, yeah, I think you know, I mean, I think it's a fun time of year. Like good celebrations, you get to go eat, have good food, you get to celebrate with people. It gives you kind of a cause to get together. And you know, making those connections around the Christmas season, I think it's it's uh, it's a blessing. Like you could, you know, take what's good from the culture and take what's good from society, and and, and you know, kind of incorporate it into your experience as a Christian. You know, I mean, and your faith life. I think it's I think there's a balance there. There totally is. I mean, we. Um, here's an example, like. And I think I think in some ways there arguably there may be more of this what I'm going to describe going on now than you know than I think I can remember when I was a kid like a desire on the part of people to to kind of think beyond themselves during these weeks. Um, you know, we get calls here at the church. In fact, we got a couple of calls today. People asking about volunteer opportunities. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, before Thanksgiving, people inquiring like anything being done in terms of Thanksgiving meals. You know the distribution of turkeys and and, and, f- and food for Thanksgiving dinners. People just looking to do do things. We're going to be having um, a couple of big Christmas uh, toy drives next week. Um, in fact, one of them was kind of born out of uh, was it uh, Hurricane Harvey back? Uh, I guess that was Labor Day weekend. Um, <clears throat> we had a great this huge kind of grassroots thing that just happened. Uh, people kind of came together and said, let's let's uh, create, let, let's get a, make a collection spot for just all kind of basic needs to help people in Texas. And they, uh, I think they sent five tractor trailers worth of, of stuff down down there. It was awesome. Um, so kind of an offshoot of that. They're now going to be doing a, a, a Christmas toy drive. This would be for the, uh, the victims of the, the fires in uh, California. Um, so I do think you get that, like, you know, yeah, there's an awful lot of secular stuff and, you know, and too much, but there is still good stuff. And that's a good point, James made. You know, and the keep the Christ in Christmas thing on the cars, it's, um, I know it's, it's interesting because you, you'll see those on the cars in the middle of July, which it's kind of funny, I think. Mm. Um, but I'm pretty sure that's just laziness of people not wanting to take it off and put it back <laughs> in, but go ahead. <laughs> You, you know, somebody. We were, I was talking to somebody the other day. We were like, "Keep Christ in Christmas, but you should also keep Christ in your driving." You know, because like, <laughs> you see these people, they'll run you over in the parking lot, and uh, the last thing you see before you go to meet God is keep Christ in Christmas <laughs> <laughs> bumper sticker. <laughs> but you know, I, I was reflecting on it, and I think they've been trying to keep Christ out of Christmas from the time that Christ became man took on flesh right i mean think of mary and joseph having to flee to to egypt right uh herod's herod's looking to get take take baby jesus out he's scared of a baby right i mean that's that's the life of a christian to me it's like like 
that society's always been trying to get rid of Jesus, you know, sinfulness, I'd say, you know, because Jesus comes, why does he come? And I talk to this with the kids in school all the time, like, was was the second person of the Trinity up in heaven bored and just like, let me become human now? No, he became human in the fullness of time to forgive us of our sins. So, you know, the spirit of the world is always going to be at odds with with the spirit of Christ. And they're always going to try to keep him out. And this is just, you know, welcome to 2017. This has been going on since, since he came in the flesh, I think. It's so funny because uh, in the religious education program, uh, we have the curriculum that we're going through, and this past Sunday's was about Good Friday, and, I, you know, I kind of chuckled to myself. I said, that's kind of poor timing. This should probably be towards, you know, March, April, as we get closer to Easter and, and, and Lent, and, and the more I thought about it and the more I was creating my lesson plan, I'm like, this is actually a perfect time to talk about Good Friday and Lent because we don't have Easter. We don't have Lent unless we have Christmas. And, and, and that's essentially the gap of the way that we bridge the gap. And, um, you know, Mike and Tom, who are the directors of religious education, that's, that's a big way that they bridge the gap between, uh, you know, discussing Good Friday, uh, the sacrifice that Jesus went through for us and, um, and, and Christmas and Advent, you know, you brought up that bumper sticker. And, um, if you, if you drive by St. Mary's here in Long Beach, you guys just put it up, Father Brian, yet you have two signs up next to the parish hall, these gigantic signs. Um, and I, I think it's awesome. Uh, um, if you're in Long Beach, I suggest you, you drive by, uh, take a look at it because, uh, the, the first picture is, you know, the nativity scene. You see the, the shadows of, uh, Mary, Joseph and, and, uh, baby Jesus. And, uh, you, you take a step back and you see the backs of, it looks like, what, Charlie Brown, uh, Rudolph, uh, Frosty, and Santa. And, and, and Santa's actually pointing towards um, towards Jesus. And in the second panel, it says uh, it, it really is about him. And, and, and I saw that, and, and I'm all about that, Father Brian. When that was brought to you, I don't know if you saw that or if somebody brought that to you. I mean, w- what did you think of initially? Yeah, I, I, uh, I got... Um... A buddy of mine, uh, Anthony Muse, um, does a lot of work with, uh, oh man, does a lot of work with everything in the church. He was a youth minister. He does a lot of retreat work, uh, a lot of just new evangelization projects, very, uh, you know, graphic art, art stuff. Um, he's just like one of these, uh, very good at a lot of things. And, um, we, we get together maybe every four or five weeks and we'll, We'll just kind of think about like what do we want to put up on that wall? Uh, it's a, it's, a, it's a pretty good spot because it's on a corner of a as you know like a pretty main street and you you almost always stop get stopped at a red light so you, you kind of can't miss you can't miss it because you're just there and uh, anyway sometimes it's practical it's just like advertising something that's coming up and then we decided yeah what do we want to do for Christmas and 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 kind of came up with what you just described um, which is really just a like another way of doing the keep Christ in Christmas um, message. Um, but I think kind of what we tried to do is say, you know what it is? I think sometimes we can end up, church can end up becoming like Scrooge or <laughs> because we're, we're so like, be, you know, we're kind of railing against Christmas stuff, you know, and again, yeah, it's, it's sooner than it should be. And, but that was kind of what I was trying to say before, like, you know, maybe even just go with it like it's it's not the end of the world but like they're good things like those characters on that on that poster obviously santa claus is santa claus but then the rest of them are all these characters from these 
um, pro, these cartoons and these kid shows from back in the 60s and 70s that I totally grew up with. And everybody, any kid alive knows those shows. And we love them. And that shouldn't be at odds with Christmas. Yeah, they're not, they're not about Jesus. They're not, they're not talking about, you know, the birth of the Savior at all. But they're, they're a part of the package. And I think what we just, you know, the obvious thing that we try to do is say, as great as these guys are, these characters, which we love, um, they're not the most important. The most important is, the, is where the four of them are uh, kind of looking. They're looking toward, you know, and it's the whole, it really is about him. I'm glad you saw it. Actually, it just went up, just went up yesterday. But people are kind of, people are liking it. It's, um, I know when you first look at it, you might be like, what? Like, what? What are they gone crazy? They're now combining Rudolph and Jesus, and, but I think if you look, then if you like, you stop and you look at it a little bit more. You're like, no, they're Rudolph is saying, yeah, it's it's about Jesus, you know, Jesus. Yeah, you know, I remember when I was a kid, <laughs> we used to, you know, everybody's got uh, like, you know, in their house you got the nativity, the, the creche, and I used to have, uh, you know, we had had ours, and I loved it. Just like as a little kid, it was it was cool because you just had like these little characters and you know animals and stuff so I kind of play with them almost like as if they were toys and then what I do sometimes is I combine my come of my other toys like I'd get like my little army men and uh like you know, G.I. Joes and like trucks and stuff and I'd have them kind of mixed in with the two and I remember once my, my grandmother giving me grief because she thought it was like oh I was almost I mean I, that it was just kind of Sacrilegious, almost. yeah, exactly. Like, what do you because, like, you'd have like you'd have like the blessed mother like flying a helicopter and baby Jesus like in the back of a of a dump truck or something like that. And on one level, it's yeah, okay, like it's it's like the thing on the wall. Like, what are you combining these? Why are you combining these, these you know, the secular and the sacred? But I mean, man, isn't that and I didn't know this when I was a kid, I've thought about this a million years later, but. That's exactly what Christmas is. It's like the secular and the sacred coming together. It's God coming into, coming to us, coming into the world. So, you know, it 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 kind of is taking these two opposite things and bringing them together. Um, I I don't know. I just think that's that's what it is. That's what the season is about. And I think if we can find, I don't know, effective ways of communicating it, mission accomplished. Right, and I, I think the problem I think the problem we're talking about is uh, not only are are some people putting these uh, secular characters and and all these shows, these cartoons, uh, not only are they putting it ahead of uh, what the real reason is, but a lot of people are just pushing the real reason out the door and say, okay, this is what Christmas is all about. Am I right, Father James? I don't know. It's funny. I'm thinking as we're talking. It's like I find myself surrounded by so many authentic and true believers in Jesus that there's a part of me that doesn't really see or experience this um, this secular push that maybe they're tempted to talk about. And, you know, maybe it sounds naive, but I feel blessed if, like, that's, that's my reality. Like, my reality is that I'm constantly ministering to people who, who have the faith or I'm running into people at church all the time that have the faith and, and even people who are on the fence and like, you know, you run into them in restaurants or in, in town or something and, and to be able to continue that conversation of faith with people, um, I don't know. I don't, I don't see it because 
I just I I hear faith stories and I encounter yeah, people you, you of know, faith every day. But you are gonna I mean you see it. We all we're all gonna see it at three thirty on Christmas Eve when there are a gazillion people in the parking lot making their way into the into the, the hall and the church. James, where you are, this prop we have, have three, we have three masses going on. At the four same o'clock time. masses going on at the same time, with probably about a thousand at each of them. So we got like three thousand people going to mass at the same time. So I mean, when you see that, uh, and again, like it's like like the challenge here is like don't go negative, don't stop, don't start beating people up, and you know, you know, you get the, you get to hear that. I, I, if I hear one more story about a priest who gets up on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day and says something like at the end of mass, like. Uh, Nice to see you. Uh, hope we see you before next year. Like some sort of like sarcastic jab. It's like, yeah, okay, like that's that's really gonna get sarcasm is is really gonna get you know, somebody back to church. Like versus, well, hopefully giving them a good experience of of the Eucharist on that that day. You know, and you know, invitation and welcome. But you know, poking people in the eyes about it's like telling somebody who's overweight. And out of shape that they really need to get to the gym. Well, it's like tell me something I don't already know. You know, just beating beating somebody up that way is not gonna is not gonna get them back. But I think if you can get them to see why going to the gym could change their could will change their physical life, their will change their life. If you can spark something there, then 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 maybe you, you achieve something. So I think it's. You know, it's like the same challenge for us, like getting them to see that as much as I love uh, Frosty and Charlie Brown and Rudolph, none of those three guys are going to give me hope when I need it. And, you know, none of them are going to ease my fears when I'm scared to death. And um, none of them are going to give me courage when I'm frightened to death. Jesus will. Jesus does. And try to get him to see that. It's like, don't go to war with those guys. Just, just, just help people to see that it's, it's, it is about Jesus. Like, this is where James, I guess my response to you is like, you, I think we, you, we can't help but see it. Like, you realize, like, man, this is a big church. We got a ton of people who would ever hear. Okay, you see them, you see them on Christmas and you know, just trying to trying to spark something in them that might might get them back. You know, before Easter Sunday or you know Good Friday. Yeah, but I mean, even like uh, thinking scripture wise, I mean, I love how um, like Herod wanting to have John the Baptist around. You know how like he wants to have that conversation with him. So. You know, you could see some of these people that are probably on the fence with Jesus, or maybe they're just Christmas and Easter people. They do have some type of um, interest or, or uh, what is it, infatuation, I guess, or with with uh, with with religion, and they want to have that conversation. They want to have that dialogue. So you you give it to them, and you know, and and you just count it as a blessing that they're there that day. And you know, I. I don't really, I don't approach Christmas and Easter, like, I don't even factor in <laughs> that there's going to be people there that aren't normally there. Like, it's not on my radar screen. Like, I'm there, and I know what I'm supposed to be doing, and I know who Jesus is, and I'm going to communicate that, 
and I'm going to do it to the best of my ability and, you know, cooperation with the Holy Spirit. But, um, hey, good for you, man. I mean, I, I don't know where you're at spiritually, but I, because I don't think, I don't think success is judged by the number of people in the pews. Like, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's really about having the true encounter with Christ and, and, and trying to follow him with your whole heart. That, that's, that's victory. That's Christ winning souls. Father Brian, I mean, it's, uh, you know, James is saying, you know, when I'm going into Christmas, it's, it's basically not just any other Sunday, but, you know, this is, this is the way that I'm approaching it. And if there are a lot of people, great. If there aren't, then, then so be it. Um, I mean, but for you, when, when you, I want to ask you how you go about preparing your homily for Christmas, because it's got to be in the back of your mind. <laughs> this, this crowd is going to be three times bigger than, uh, or, or if not more than your typical Sunday. And if this is my one time to reach them this year, how can I do it in the most effective way? Does that cross your mind at all when you're prepping your, your homily for Christmas? Uh, you know, it used to more, more than it does now. Um, like when I was with, actually, it's funny. It's kind of like James, you're, you're like, what are you, three years? You'll be, this will be your third Christmas. Yeah, it feels like 40. Huh? You feel like 40. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, when I was, when I was James in James's shoes, I was, yeah, I think I, I gave it, it was more like, man, you got it. This is, this is like, uh, this is, this is the day and all hands on deck and I got to kill it. And, you know, sometimes you can almost psych yourself out doing that, um, trying to create this, um, I don't know, like this, just this, this life changing. It's just, it's almost arrogant to think that like in, in 15 minutes, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to fundamentally get somebody to go from one place to another. So I think I used to be that way more and more. Now it's like, uh, I mean, hey, I, I think when when you deal, it's, it's a big day. There's a lot of people. There's a rush. You can't not be excited. I think we all, like most priests, kind of a lot of guys touch base with other priest buddies and say, "What are you going with this year? What do you? What's your point? What do you? You know, James and I do that kind of almost most weekends, just for regular regular Sundays. And I think um, I tried to kind of t- to dial that down a little bit. Just say, "Hey, you know, a little bit to you." I think. Father James is saying here, like, just preach, just, just, just preach the gospel. Um, you know, tonight we're, we're, we're doing this thing tonight. It's, it's what is today? December 7th. So I just had mass the vigil for, uh, the Immaculate Conception, the Holy Day. And I was talking about this uh, retreat I helped out on about 10 years ago. It was for, it was for couples. Uh, it was for married couples that were really pretty seriously struggling in their marriages. And, um, Marriages weren't over, but they but but things weren't good. Like it was pretty pretty intense, pretty serious. And um, and uh, I ended up helping out. I, I said mass and I, I heard confessions for a bit. But I remember this one of the guys, one of the speakers, he talked about his marriage, which had been going through a tough time. And um, he said he was uh, I guess over ten or twelve years married, and and just things weren't going well. It was, a, it was a series of things that, um, on both sides, you know, they, they just things weren't w- where they once were, and they weren't happy. And he saw this. Uh, he got a photo. Somebody had sent him a photo, a picture of him and his wife at the beach earlier that summer. 
and he said he looked at it and they had a, he had a very similar picture of them from about a dozen years before. It was the same beach. It was almost the same, the same everything. But about ten, about twelve years later, and he said he just looked at his look, the look of the two of them together. The one, the, the first, first pictures before they were married, and he said they just looked so happy, and they were like laughing, and just like they were so clearly in love. And then this picture was, you know, it just they were so clearly not. And he said that just when he, he compared these two photos, because the old picture he had, they had sort of framed in another room, so he'd see it all the time and. You just couldn't help but kind of contrast the two, and and, he's, and that became that was this moment. That was this moment for him where he was like, "I gotta, I gotta do something here. Like I gotta either, I gotta save my marriage or I gotta pack it in." And he then just talked about faith. He just talked about the message of Jesus, you know, the need to forgive, the need to be forgiven, the the, the need to be about sacrifice, um, uh, fidelity, promise, commitment. And he was like, Jesus, the, the message of Jesus saved his marriage. He just, he started putting into practice stuff that he had known in theory and heard forever. But like, he was like, I have to forgive her and I have to ask forgiveness and I have to stop putting myself in, before her and I have to start sacrificing and all these like, you know, fundamentally Christian principles and he was like very, it's very simply saying to these, this group of maybe 10 couples who were in a, in a bad place, he said, guys, Jesus saved my marriage because it was broken. It was broken and, and, and he was the fix. Like he, he was the fixer. You know, I mean, that's, I mean, it's so simple, isn't it? Um, easier said than done. I, I get it. Um. But he said, you know, his wife, she was on board. She was pushing him to get into counseling a year or two prior. And she wanted to work at this and he didn't. And, and then he just kind of had this moment when he saw these two pictures and he was sort of sickened by himself and he, just the, the reality of what his marriage had become. But he turned to kind of the stories of Jesus, the, the, the principles of Christ. And I mean, that's back to the whole Christmas point, like, that's that's why Christmas is important. You know, it's it's not like you know what we're what we're cooking for Christmas dinner, and it's not the whatever. You know, all the great shows and the songs, and and those things aren't bad. Like I said, they're just they're not enough. Anyway, so it was just like this. I guess what I'm trying to get at is like the simplicity of Jesus is the fix. Jesus is the fix. Jesus fixes. You know, the readings tonight from Immaculate Conception, you had kind of this contrast. You had you know, the Adam and Eve story, and you got Mary. You had Eve and Mary. Um, in one case, this, you know, Eve and Adam, they, they, it's a, this broken reality. And then Mary's, Mary's the fix. So Jesus is the fix, but Mary's, yes, allows Jesus to happen. So it's like this sal salvaging of this broken, this broken thing. And it's like, you know, those crowds that we just talked about, the three masses in a, uh, simultaneously and in these insane numbers, like there's a lot of broken people. There's a lot of broken people at those masses. Not because they're not going to church necessarily, just because they're for tons of reasons. And if we can get them, if we can get them to see Jesus as the fix, 
was kind of celebrating Christmas. So, uh, so I got a question to ask you then, you know, uh, as you know, an everyday parishioner, what are, what are things that we can do uh, in our everyday lives over the next month to really hone in on, on the, on the true meaning of, of, of what this season's about? I would say it's making personal time to just pray, uh, to, to focus on prayer and your relationship with Christ. Um, you know, look for Christ. I, I like the image of the empty. Um, I know Father Brian's nativity set as a child wasn't empty, but uh, it, you know, I like the image of the empty crib and trying to, to see ways during the Advent season in which you are encountering Christ and also where you're missing him. So trying to avoid sin and whatever patterns of sin are in your life, but also to look for him and to follow him. And, you know, on the 25th, once he gets put in that little manger, um, to say, you know, I, I've been looking for this. This is the one I've been looking for. And now he's here. Um, it's a lot of uh, Isaiah, the readings, I think. that, But I think it's prayer and looking for Christ and getting rid of sin. And Father, uh, Father Brian... I mean, uh, any any tips for us of how we can prepare? You know, I, I don't I, I I I you know you hear you, sometimes you hear people you know you get the whole sort of the battle kind of the political battle between you know uh, saying Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays and seasons greetings and you know that 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 frustrates me but I think also sometimes what can become a little obnoxious is if people are sort of like over the top pushing, you know, saying Merry Christmas. Um, you know, I, I, we live here in Long Beach and there's a pretty sizable uh, Jewish population. And, you know, to be saying Merry Christmas to a Jewish person, person would be like, what are you, what are you trying to say? Like, what, it's almost like we're, we're pushing too much. I think, uh, I, I don't know if that's like, you know, that kind of, you know, call it kind of political, I don't know if that's the right word, but like, this culture warrior stuff. I'm not. I'm not saying that's not out there. I mean, I, I really think it is. And if you look at if you look at today versus 25 years ago or, or 30 or 40 years ago, there's totally there's absolutely a difference in kind of like a willingness and a, and a freedom to express faith publicly. Um, back then, you did, and it was kind of like, yes, yeah, that's great. It's you know, it's Merry Christmas. It's a, it's a a religious holiday. Um, it is different today, and I, and I don't think we should just accept that. But I don't. I think maybe more like I mean I say this a lot, just beyond East, uh, beyond Advent and, and particular seasons. It's like talk about faith in your life. Just talk. Go when you're at work, make a reference to your parish. Like if you go to church on Sunday, and if you heard it, you heard a good homily, or you you were at uh, you know, you were helping out with the Thanksgiving dinner drive or the toy drive. Let people know that you are a you are a person of faith. Like even that surprise, especially you know if you're under forty, because I think people are stunned at that. People are like, yeah, yeah. I mean, Loren, somebody like you. I mean, you're at work. If you're at work and you get people, I suspect, who would be like, you know, you get like this puzzled look if you, in sort of a casual way, mentioned, I was at Mass this weekend, or uh, we had a St. Patrick's dance in my church, or, you know, Lorenz, you run the, 
you well, you run a couple of things, but the casino night, the Las Vegas night, and you know, you, you talk about that and the setup for that, and like, why, why you're gonna get a look like why, why do you do that for the church? Like, I just think letting people know in a public, uh, in, in, a, in, a, in a just a conversational way, like, yeah, I'm I'm part of a church, I'm part of the church, and I'm and I'm a believer. I think that probably goes goes further than you know making sure you say Merry Christmas instead of you know this or that and what's with the under forty thing do you you don't like old people no, I just don't like you That's <laughs> <pretty much. laughs> um as always guys uh you know you brought up some great discussion and uh you know, a lot for us to think about, but you know, it, it's you said it perfectly. We got to talk about our faith more, and that's that's outside of Advent. That's uh, that's year round, so that's perfect. Um, so, guys, any last words before we sign off, Father James? Lorenz, is it your fir- is it your first uh, Christmas with your ba- your baby? Or is this it the is, second, my friend? No, this this is the first. She's about nine. She'll be nine months old at, uh, at Christmas. Well, congratulations, man! I hope you have a great Christmas and. Uh, First one with the baby, so that's that's exciting. So I hope you guys have a really great Christmas. Thank you, sir. Uh, Father Brian, any final words? Yeah. Well, hey, Merry Christmas to everybody. Hope it's a great it's a great uh, a great time. Guys, thanks again for joining us. Uh, don't forget you can listen to Father Brian's homilies in the and past episodes. Uh, if you've got a question, please send it to beachcatholicpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can connect with us at facebook.com slash beachcatholicpodcast. You can rate and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. And uh, feel free to share with your loved ones. Uh, On behalf of Father Brian, Father James, and everybody here at St. Mary of the Isle Parish, have a very Merry Christmas.